In superhero movies, where we see origin stories that set us up for great adventures, there's something I've noticed is common in the narrative. It's the idea that these individuals always felt out of place, or like they could give more, but didn't know how. Something was holding them back and they just didn't know it. In the end, regardless of the powers or the adventures, it's clear that the only thing holding them back was themselves. Even though most of us are not superheroes, bitten by radioactive spiders, bulletproof, or with super speed, the only thing we do share is self-doubt. We don't need to save the world from an alien invasion or stop a train from derailing to figure out what's really holding us back from becoming the best version of ourselves, the superhero within our own story. Sometimes it's about letting someone tell you about your blind spots. And that's where someone like Harry Lopez comes in. On today's episode, Harry and I speak about his journey to becoming a transformation coach, the things that hold us back from our truest potential, creating heart-centered leaders, letting ourselves be guided by our inner knowing, understanding the ways in which we can go beyond our limitations, and more. You don't need to save the world to be the person you want to be. But maybe if you start paying attention to your true self, who knows? Maybe that means you could save the world. Hola, yo soy Andrea Márquez and this is Latinx, a show brought to you by La Red Hispana and the Hispanic Communications Network for the new generation of Latinx. This season, we want to focus on empowering you to follow your passion and be smart about chasing your dreams while speaking to Latinx from all over, de diferentes colores y sabores. Thank you for all of your support. Our community keeps growing, so make sure to join Latinx on Instagram and TikTok at Latinx. You can also find out more on our website at wearelatinx.com. This is the first part of two episodes with Harry. Make sure to also listen to part two. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, mis padres son de Nicaragua, Managua, Nicaragua although my whole family is pretty much all over Central America. I got into the work of coaching and transformation around eight years ago. I was working for Teach for America. I was a 2012 core member in the greater Nashville region. I was teaching third grade. After a couple of years in the classroom, I was asked to be a teacher coach. So I joined staff and I was working, I had a, a roster, a teacher roster of about 30 different teachers at 15 different schools in, this, in the city of Nashville. And I was the only Latino on staff. I was the youngest um, person on the staff. And I was just bright-eyed and just open and available to whatever was to come. It was one of the hardest years of my life. And I remember that I, I was just really struggling. I was going into supporting teachers, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, I, I had a roster. I taught third grade elementary school and I had a roster of pre-K to 12th grade. So I was going into middle school supporting teachers, high school supporting teachers. And luckily the, the region paid for us to go get teacher, to get certified as coaching certifications through the International Coaching Federation. And so that was the beginning of my journey into coaching was, was this, this training that I was getting and working, getting to directly apply the trainings and the learnings with, to the teachers that I was, was working with in classrooms. Um, and that was just the beginning. So I caught the coaching bug. I loved what I was, what I was learning. Um, I love the practices, the tools, the language around 
around coaching and committed listening and asking powerful questions and, and supporting people in allowing them to arrive at their own conclusions so that they could take back their power and create incredible results in their lives and their work, everything. And um, I started, I, I, I really fell in love with the work. So I started just offering to support people for free and uh, to just coach people for free. So I was coaching friends and family members. And I remember I was going on dates and I was just asking for permission to support and lean in. And I just, I just loved it. And there was something about it that, um, I mean, so much about it was just incredibly transformative. But for me personally, given my story, my personal story of having grown up for so long thinking that I wasn't enough, that I, that I had to hide so many parts of myself, my sexual identity, um, that I had to, um, that I didn't think I was intelligent enough or worthy enough or capable. Um, and, and coaching allowed, gave me the tools to really see that, wow, all of that was just really a story that I created to protect myself, just survival mechanisms. And who would I be beyond any of those stories? And so I started diving into spiritual psychology. I, I was on the spiritual practitioner pathway at Agape Spiritual Center in LA. I started, I started expanding beyond just coaching in education and expanding into life coaching and leadership coaching and business coaching. And I started working with shamans and energy healers and doing sacred ceremonies in, in LA and Malibu and, and just creating community with people that were really diving into to, to elevating consciousness in the world, on the planet. And um, I started, I was working at a tech company at the time. After working in education as a coach, I, I, I went on this journey of just developing my skills and was just doing it for fun because I loved it and I had a passion for it. It was like the one thing that really made me come alive was, was seeing people come alive and awaken in the process of coaching. Um, and so I remember I was working at a tech company and in the evenings and on the weekends, I was filling up my calendar with coaching sessions just for fun, just because I loved it for free uh, with friends and friends of friends and connections that I was making. And I started working with a coach in LA. I was living in Miami. And it got to the point where she was like, okay, enough of this, you've got to start charging. And so I started started charging for my, my services at a pretty young age. And mind you, I was about 26 years old when I was um, uh, you know, in this process of beginning to charge for my services. And a lot of the clients that I was initially getting were, were twice my age, much older. And I, I remember the first time I, I went into a session and I offered my fees at the end and someone said yes. And I was like, wow really what people are gonna really pay for this and so I, I started I got my first client and then I kept I served them and then I got another client and another client and it just kept it kept growing word word of mouth little by little person to person one conversation at a time and it got to the point where I was I was doing better with my coaching than I was in my full-time job so I decided to leave my tech job in San Francisco and I went full force into coaching and a lot of my initial clients when I first started in this work were Latinos and Latinas, really ambitious, ambitious humans that were up to really, really impressive things in the world, um, launching their own movements, startups uh, in the beauty space, social media, in the tech space and media, you name it. And I was initially working with them as their private coach. Um, and what I saw, which is really exciting. And so you, you may know some, some of the folks that I've, I've, I've worked with, especially in the beginning, but one of the things that I was seeing and one of the challenges that I saw with a lot of the Latinos that I was working with in the beginning of, of, my, of my journey into this work was that 
They were just so amazing and doing such amazing work in the world, but they felt so isolated in this entrepreneur journey, so alone. And we're, we're coming up against a lot of resistance, both, both external just challenges, of course, that, have, that, that yeah, come up in, in the world as humans, but also internal challenges. And, and those are the biggest ones that I was, that I was observing and noticing was like the, the depth of the, of the mindset blocks and limiting beliefs that were holding a lot of these really ambitious, incredible humans back from really stepping into their fullest potential and what they can really create and cause in the world. Two years ago, actually about two and a half years ago now, um, I got the idea to start Launch Latinx, um, which is now a movement to support ambitious Latinos in to, to create community uh, through mindset and business coaching, uh, masterminds and accelerators, um, in and coaching programs, and really taking their game to the next level. And so, that's really what I've been up to for the last couple of years is 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 working with. Um, Latinos and supporting them in, in accelerating their, their growth in the world, launching their movements, but while doing that, launching themselves, like truly launching themselves into the world. We've recently rebranded the, the coaching cohort to Lanzate, uh, the Launch Latinx Accelerator program, where folks will come in for 10 weeks and do mindset and business, uh, get an, an immersive, collaborative mindset and business coaching program. And then have the option of continuing into a year-long coaching program where they get to continue their growth and, and create real sustainable um, impact and, and transformations in their lives. You <laughs> carried the story so well um, into how you got here and, and you covered different points. One of them, you said committed listening. I want to hear a little more about that. I also want to hear a little more about your journey of self-discovery and how that happen in tandem to you discovering that you wanted to be a coach and how you wanted to leverage what you went through personally to be able to help others. And then I finally want to ask you about why Latinos in particular and how this is different than, you know, working with other minorities. Um, but let's start with what is committed listening? <laughs> oh my goodness. These are amazing questions. Yeah. Um, committed listening is, let me just start off by saying that I, I think that we learn a lot of things when we're younger, but one of the things that we never really get to sit down and learn is how to deeply, truly listen. And so my experience of a lot of, of, of the world is that so many of us are not, are not really good listeners and are not really listening to just listen, are listening to, to something that I'm seeing a lot, come up a lot and there's more awareness of that. But the, pra the practice of committed listening is listening is truly listening to what is not being said, is listening with, with entire, with, with all of your presence, listening with presence, listening with love, listening with compassion and understanding, listening free of judgments, free of wanting to give advice or to provide a solution, listening to just hold space and to really carry whatever it is that the other person is wanting to convey in, to you. And so I think that that's one of the most, my, my experience is that that's one of the most powerful things that coaches provide <clears throat> is a real safe space, a, space, a safe container for others to unveil themselves and to, to just share 
unapologetically whatever is on their minds and hearts. Therapists do as well, energy healers, shamans, um, coaches. The real coaches, like a coach is not necessarily, is not really there to provide answers to solutions. A coach is there to support you and you arriving at your own conclusions. Um, and so that's the distinction between a coach and a mentor. A mentor is listening and also giving you advice and showing you the way. A coach is like anchoring you in and showing you that you already know the way. You are you're already whole, worthy, and complete just as you are and is guiding you to, to, to really step into your power and, and unlock and, and, and reveal to you that you've got all the tools and the instruments to arrive at your own conclusions. And so that is what my interpretation of committed listening is. It's like really deeply listening, listening beyond what is being said, listening, listening beneath, under, underneath the lines or beyond the lines um, and listening with your entire heart with presence. Can you be a good coach without being able to do that? I don't think so. I, I think in order to, my answer is no. Because, I mean, how are you, it's such an integral coaching. Like, I think, I think you can be a really bad, I think you could be a really bad coach, but if you've got the listening part, like, that is so much of it. And um, one thing that I find in the work is that there's a couple of things that are happening in the world right now. People are feeling so isolated and estranged from others, also themselves. And so if you're able to hold space in, in hold space for someone to and create that safe container where someone feels safe enough to just share of themselves with you that's 80 percent of it it's it's such an integral part of the work and also i would say that it, it will depend on what kind of coach you are um there are different kinds of coaches today there's i mean there's all kinds there's like leadership coaches life coaches there's business coaches there's coaches specific to niches. There's like a social, there's social media coaches. There's um, ontological coaches that just coach to being. There's transformation coaches, there's spiritual coaches. And so it just kind of depends on, on the style of coaching that you kind of adhere to and that maybe you created for yourself. But other, another thing about the work of coaching is that there's no real, um, like it's not like therapy where you're, You've, you've gone, you, you have to go to school and get your certifications and training and you're continuously developing yourself. There's not as much, uh, what's it, over, oversight? Is that what, I'm not sure that's the word. Not as much oversight. So coaches are more really stepping into being entrepreneurs, kind of doing it as they, in, in ways that they want. I've had coaches that are really, are, are really kind of old school, traditional coaches that are just holding space and asking really powerful questions and allowing you to arrive at your conclusions. And I've also had coaches that are kind of like more like drill sergeants. Like they're just like, okay, what's the, by when, what's the expectation, what's getting in the way. Um, and, and they're, they're kind of like a different energy and a personality. And so, you know, there's all kinds of different leaders in this space and just um, for anyone listening, if you're, uh, if you're thinking about getting a coach, I would say just maybe shop around kind of um, test dif dif different ones out to see which one this, which one feels in alignment with, with you and, and, and how you show up in the world. Harry, how would I know if I need a coach? So no one needs a coach. Uh, as far as fundamental human needs, all of our fundamental human needs are, are already met. You don't need a coach. You have to want a coach. You have to, uh, you have to have a knowing and a sense that whatever it is that's going on in your life right now, that there's that you're capable of more, 
there has to be some sort of awareness that there's a gap and that whatever the gap is that it's 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 beyond you to be able to do alone and that you need some external support to provide the accountability to provide some 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 tough love to to provide a roadmap for you to hold you to whatever it is the bar that you're wanting to create is for yourself and so um I would say you don't need a coach. No one needs a coach. You have to want one. And right now, there's it's kind of like coaching is like this really hot, hot thing right now where people are like, oh my god, I'm working with my coach, or I'm 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 getting ready to work with this coach. I'm getting I'm going on to my next coach. And so um, I know personally for myself, I don't need a coach. I love having a coach. I grew up as an as a competitive athlete doing taekwondo, and so I was a, a martial artist most of my life. And at the age of 14, I was traveling to all different competitions and tournaments, and it was really good for me to have my coach. My coach supported me and showed me where my blind spots were. And blind spots are things you don't know that you don't know about yourself. And we all have blind spots. We know what we know, but we're unaware of what we don't know. Otherwise, we would know what we don't know about ourselves. And a coach would support you in giving you and revealing what the blind spots are, revealing what oh, you've got a gap in worthiness or yeah, your self-doubt is coming up here or perfectionism or comparison or control or, or giving you feedback and allow, and through inquiry, allowing you to arrive at whatever those, those gaps are for yourself. So I think it's really powerful to have one, but I don't think anyone really needs one. And I've seen a lot of very successful people who have, who have been just fine without coaches. I didn't know this until a little while ago but there are different types of life coaches. Someone who, like Harry, is there to guide you toward improving your relationship with yourself, others, your career, and your day-to-day -day life. Once you understand what is holding you back, they help you strategize to overcome those obstacles by leveraging your unique gifts and strengths. Types of life coaches are business, executive and leadership coaching, health and wellness, career, life skills, mental health, financial, and many more. As Harry mentioned, you need to want a coach. And if you feel the itch, you can start by checking out Launch Latinx or schedule a consultation at info at launchlatinx.co with Harry to figure out what might be a good fit for you. Talk to me a little bit about that process of self-discovery and kind of like learning to navigate what you were going through personally and at the same time finding out and figuring out that hey this is actually something I want to be doing with my life being a coach and helping others wow yeah this is an incredible question and one that I think I am still in the process of uncovering I think every day every day as a coach and as an entrepreneur as a human in this world in this body in this plane I'm Still discovering new things about myself every day I have new awakenings new realizations um, breakdowns just new insights about who I am and a lot of the work has been about just continuing to do the work and I think that when I was younger I thought oh if I just work really hard at this I'll get to the point where I've, I've aced it and I've arrived and I think that innocently and innocently I thought that that's that's what would happen but the moment 
the moment you have your highs and you think you've reached the, like your peak or whatever, you think you've gotten into like this state of like, oh, I've meditated enough. I've done my affirmations. I've been doing my morning rituals. I've done forgiveness work. I've been a good human. Then breakdown happens and something comes up, something comes up, but that breakdown leads to your next breakthrough. And so for me, it's just been about constantly doing the work. Like I'm still a student in this work. I'm still working with mentors. I'm doing this like super intense emotional intelligence training that has been so uh, kind of, I don't know what the right word is, but just kind of excruciating. And I've been getting so much feedback and learning more and more about myself. So the process I will say is never ending. And um, the more that I learn about myself, the more that I want to serve. And I used to have this, this idea that in order to be a mentor for others, that I needed to have been fully I needed to have been fully realized or have fully arrived in the world um, and, and like be this like very enlightened being. But that doesn't resonate with my clients. That doesn't resonate. That doesn't resonate with me either. And so one of the, uh, you know, my, one of my biggest discoveries in this work has been about unlocking my authenticity unlocking my authentic voice, my own authentic expression in the world. What is, who am I really beyond the stories and judgments and misunderstandings and misidentifications of who I am in the world? Um, I used to think that I needed to have it all together, that I needed to be perfect. I used to think that I needed to have a perfect grid on social media or that I needed to project a certain way of being and, and so much more that there's so much there that I could go into. But I've realized that the more that I've been I've been courageous enough to confront and witness what those stories and those patterns are, the more that I've been able to shed them and begin to step into who I really am in the world. And it's, it's difficult because for so long, so much of that conditioning and, and programming was, I needed to be a certain way in order to be loved. And so much of it was, was me building a business trying to build myself in way in ways where I was repeating trauma where I was I was operating from my trauma and not operating from love and so one of the biggest distinctions for me in, in self-discovery has been really slowing down really slowing down and and there's so much of the rat race and it's so easy to get caught up in the rut of entrepreneurship and and building a business and 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 doing social media and hiring and tech and and learn the tools and, and supporting all these things and going to programs. And for me, the biggest medicine was, and till this day where I have the biggest insights and realizations is where I take a step back and I slow down and really be with myself versus escaping or hiding or numbing or avoiding, which is the easiest thing, is, which is really easy to do, which is like, which is like very familiar and known for me. And so really slowing down and assessing where am I, who am I being and where am I operating from? Um, what is my intention? What, what, is my, what is my intention for a way of being? And what do I want to create in this world? What, how do I want to make people feel as a result of being in my presence? So I've done, I've done a lot of thinking about these questions. And in the moments of stillness, I'm able to gain so much clarity and insight. And the ego hates stillness. And so in those moments of stillness, it's like, oh my God, I can negotiate with the ego. I can conquer the ego and be like, oh, thank you so much for being here. I'm so, I get that you're afraid. I get that you're scared. I get that you want to play small, but our mission for being here is so much greater. 
So the mission has to trump whatever it is that's trying to get in the way. And that's what guides me is that is that vision and that mission of, of serving serving people that that have experienced the same the same kind of similar journey to to mine in this world. And so what I'm really passionate about is serving serving folks that have felt that they needed to hide. I'm really passionate about serving the folks that have felt voiceless, that have felt that have lived in their lives in shame. I, I love serving the Latino community because I am a member of the Latino community. And I love, um, you know, as controversial as it can, as it may be at this time, I love that that Latinx is something that that calls forward folks that have felt traditionally not necessarily represented in Latino or Latina. And so my coaching programs are very queer affirming. We bring together lots of, uh, we bring together the trans community and the Afro-Latinx community and Latinos and Latinas who felt like, oh, I don't know if I fit into that, but you know, I want to see if this is for me. And so it's felt like an incredible opportunity to redefine who we are and to shed so many of the stories and the learnings that we bought into for so much of our time. And for so many of the clients that I work with, it's like, oh, it's safer for me to play small. Oh, it's safer for me to speak up and not speak up too much or not take up too much space. It's safer for me to be X, Y, Z. And then in, in our program and in, in the mindset and in the clearing the unconscious programming, we're like, oh, is it true that that's safer? Is it true that that's the way you get to be? Is it true that that's necessarily how you get to show up in the world? Is that true? Is it true? Is it true? Who would you be beyond this story? And so we see folks that come in, you know, being one way in their lives and then just like radically transform that way of being. And so much of it is, is ontological, is like going into being and, 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 re, and emerging this new, your, and, and emerging this new self, your authentic self, the authentic expression of who you, who you really are in the world, beyond your fears, your limitations, the judgments, stories, and trauma that has, that has just shaped so much of who you are up until this point. And so much of who we are is, is based off of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And we go really deep into those thoughts and beliefs and, and the work, and really uncovering and, and questioning the work. And so much of our thoughts are just, are just beliefs that have gone unquestioned for so long. And again, bringing stillness and compassion to those thoughts is, is the way to create freedom. And so I don't know if I answered your question, but that kind of goes into why I love serving, serving the Latino community is because like, I, could serve, I could serve everybody. And, and I'm actually, um, I come in as a guest coach for other programs where I serve people from Australia and Canada and you know, New Zealand. And it's amazing and I love it. And the coaching skills are transferable. Humans are humans. So, uh, you know, listening is listening and it's going to serve, uh, you know, what works for the Latino community is, is, is going to work so well for other communities too. But my heart and my passion is in serving this community. And it's almost indescribable, but it's just electrifying to, to get to work with folks that share a similar story that you know, the language where we could break out in Spanglish or we, we go in and we redefine terms and, and, and things. And, you know, we have wisdom circles, but we call them sabiduría circles. Like we, we say, hola, so familiar, feels so fun. And it feels so important. It feels urgent to support our community. And one of the things I'm really passionate about in serving Latino 
a lot of our clients end up being Latino millennials is serving them so that they can serve their families and they can give back to their families. They could give back to their communities. They could give back to their neighborhoods. They could, they could step into visibility and step into light and, and really transform and start really being awakened in the world. Um, and, in, and, and my experience and my, my research shows that when, when folks from underserved communities um, gain, gain capital or gain experiences of this kind, they always give back to their communities. So it feels like less of a coaching program, more like a social social impact um, incubator, like a social justice, um, like almost like a civil rights movement that we're sort of up to here. This is but- <laughs> inspiring. I love that. And I love that you organically went into my into answering my next question. Um, yeah. Because I mean, a, a few things caught my attention here. One was that you, that you felt that you kind of had to work on yourself and be this Buddha-looking character before you even tried helping others. And when are you actually ready to mentor someone and all of that? And funny enough, um, someone I'm mentoring at work said something similar. She was like, I feel weird mentoring people because like, I don't have things to show them like I I'm barely figuring things out myself and I was like well Ellen Ochoa on this podcast and I remember also Vanessa Santos they both said something similar where they're like of course you are you can definitely like it doesn't really matter if you feel ready or if you don't feel wise enough but everybody knows something you know like if I'm a college student right now, I already went through high school, right? So I could mentor a high school student or right now I'm five years ahead of someone at work and, and I'm mentoring her because I went through that five years ago and et cetera, et cetera. And then there are these special cases where you're mentoring someone that is older than you because age doesn't really matter, but it's this process that you just described where you elevate the the understanding and the wanting to know yourself better like you mentioned you're taking an emotional intelligence course and you said it was excruciating the exact word you used which I was like I want to know what that is about because that (laughs) first of all I've never even I don't even know what that would look like um but what you're describing is so inspiring to hear that it's a domino effect it's from figuring out who you are at the same time, realizing that you're enough at the same time, realizing that you want to help others figure that out for themselves. And once they do, they, they start empowering others and seeing where they fit in the communities and where they can address these barriers that we go through daily, just by being Latinos, what you're doing is super powerful. And I'm just inspired. I feel like I'm being coached right now, just by like, what do I really feel? What is actually true in my life? And what, what <laughs> stories do I make up myself? You know, like we have to be careful with the stories we tell ourselves all the time because sometimes it's a lie. Sometimes we're lying to ourselves. I have a, I have a resource, a tool for anybody listening. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been, um, <laughs> one of my mentors said that this, this expression, but I feel like it really applies here. I had a life before this tool that I'm about to share, and I have my life after this tool. And it's the work of Byron Katie. Are you familiar with it already? I'm not. For anyone listening, I want you to read and check out the book, Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Byron Katie is a, a, like a world-renowned spiritual teacher, and she's known for a very simple process called the work. And the work is about 
investigating your thoughts. And so I remember, you know, I, I remember my teacher who introduced me to the work. And I remember when I was first introduced to it, I was like, oh, this is not going to be nothing. It's not, it's just like a simple question, literally four questions. And she's got more methodologies and, and you know, more in detailed parts to it when you go deeper into it. When you go really deep into the work, you really immerse yourself in it and spend a lot of time there. I mean, it just has the power to transform your life. And so when I started getting into the work, I, you know, right before I was getting into the work, I had just massive insecurities, even just going to the grocery store. And this was not just, this was like just like four years ago. Um, and I would go to the grocery store. Someone was staring at me. I would start creating all these beliefs and stories. Um, I had, I mean, I would create these, these judgments about others that I was really creating about myself that were just like total pr pr projections. And so the work is a really beautiful practice where you just take one belief at a time and one belief and one stressful thought that's holding you back at this moment of your life. It can be, um, it could be anything. It could be, I'm not, I don't have the credentials to go after this raise at my job, or I don't have anything important to share with the world. It could be something like that. And then you take it through inquiry. And so her process is an inquiry process where you ask yourself, number one, is this true? Number two, are you sure that this is true? Number three, what happens to you? What reactions come up for you when you believe this thought? Oh my gosh, I, I feel tension in my belly. I feel, oh my God, I feel stressed. I feel shy. I feel scared. I feel nervous. I feel like I want to hide myself. I want to play small. I feel like a child. Or I feel whatever it is, you just go into the beliefs, the thoughts. And the work by Byron Katie is a walking meditation. So you're going into a meditation, meditative state. And then one of the, you keep going into the questioning. There's like detailed ones. You could find it on thework.com. And then you continue into the work and you go into the last one, which is who would you be without this thought? Who would you be in the world? And how would you show up in the world if this thought didn't, didn't exist for you? And so I would be courageous. I would be powerful. I'd be, I'd be talented. I'd be joyful. I'd be urgent. I'd be on a mission. I'd be, I'd be forgiving. Whatever it is, you just start naming it, naming it and collecting it collecting. So much of it is just collecting, witnessing, slowing down. And that's why one of the things that's so important for folks who are just overwhelmed, stressed, not sure what they're going to do. One of the most powerful things you could do is just literally just create space, create spaciousness, because our the experience of so many humans is just being so overly inundated with information and just like overwhelmed, overloaded with apps and technology and emails and texts and uh, scheduling. There's just so much like untidy spaces. It's just like getting impeccable, getting cleaning out things that are not working. And so the Marie Kondo method, if that, if that feels in alignment, like, you know, cleaning out your space, cleaning out your aura, getting into in touch with yourself and creating spaciousness so that you can really listen and really hear. Um, and so that you can have those intuitive hits and you can be, allow yourself to be fully guided from your heart and not from the mind, like the mind. The mind thinks it knows what's best, but really allow the heart to guide you. And so um, in my work, it's about really creating heart-centered leaders that are guided by their intuitions, guided by their inner knowing versus guided by their traumas and their wounds and their, their stresses and, and their limitations and fears. Um, so the work has been an incredibly instrumental, instrumental tool that I recommend to everyone. And it's a book and a process that I come back to over and over and over again. And actually in, in our coaching program, we go really deep into it. 
we use it for money healing we use it for confidence for 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 speaking visibility and so much more oh my god the knowing well first of all just letting you know that i already bought it on amazon right now but it's, it's coming <laughs> i bought the book that quickly i was like wow. i'm ready <laughs> yes oh my gosh i've got so many book recommendations <laughs> um i mean i i love reading obviously i mean like many people but it's I never even think about buying a book any recommendations I ever get I usually just buy them um and right now that you mentioned the knowing I'm reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle I don't know if you know that book I've heard of that one I heard it's really good it is it is really good I'm almost finished with it and she talks a lot about the knowing and like really listening to your exactly what you're talking about right now like listening to your your heart and your inner soul and who you are as a person and and being comfortable in that because many times there are people around you especially when you're going through these and and because she went through this whole process of you know being married with a man and having children with him and then getting married with a woman and going through this and she's very involved with the church and so that whole process was difficult for her and her and her mom started telling her something like are you, are you sure you want to raise your kids in this? Are you sure you want to like, they're going to be bullied and they're going to be doing all of the, like, you're going to harm your family. And she described it as in that moment, she knew that her mom was attacking her knowing and that she oh. needed to make it clear to her in a very respectful manner. And she told her mom, you can no longer come visit your grandchildren or come to the island that I've built with the woman I love and my children because you are disturbing our knowing. It was so powerful oh. because we're surrounded by that all the time, right? Mm, that's incredible. Wow. That she spoke with such such truth and certainty and 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 really set that boundary mm-hmm. and and that um of, of what the relationship is. This is what I need in order to continue in this relationship. These are my needs. Mm-hmm. And with such conviction. Wow, that's that's powerful and beautiful. I want to, I would definitely want to want to read it. So the two books mentioned are Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life by Byron Katie and Untamed by Glennon Doyle. These titles are also in the description of this episode. I highly recommend both, and if you read them, let us know. DM Latinikis and tell us what you thought of them. Or maybe you've already read them. If so, we'd love to hear what you think. I want to ask you now that we were talking about these questions and like first thinking about is it true what are usually some of the first questions you ask the people you're coaching oh yeah um I want to get I want to get an understanding for what's your vision for your life um what's your vision for for the way you want the world to be what's your what are the results that you're looking for in in your life in within the next three months the six months 12 months um, and what do you want to create? What do you what do you want to create if there were no limitations and nothing holding you back? That's that's really important to for me to know. I want to I want to get a sense for where they are now, what's coming up for you now, what are your stresses and triggers, what what's holding and and also ultimately what's holding you back, what's what what holds you back the most from having what you want uh, to see and create in the world. And and typically it's a lot of the same things. It's like oh I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I. I, I don't know if anybody's going to 
don't take me seriously. I don't, I, I'm afraid to put myself out there. I'm, I'm afraid of judgment. Um, I'm, it, it's a lot of the same stuff and a lot of the root of the same stuff worthiness is I, is, is low self-worth is a lot of what I see have, is the trend uh, among most folks that I end up speaking with. Self-worth and self-love end up being the root of so many of the blocks and challenges that I see hold folks back from living the life that they want. And so, so much of our work together is bridging the gap, is supporting in, in, in expanding their, their relation selves and therefore expanding their relationship with everything and everything in their lives. Audre Lorde once said, the most loving thing I can do for you is to work on me. And so a lot of it is just creating that safe container of transformation and allowing it in, in a safe, in community with other folks where they're able to feel seen, heard and acknowledged and expanding and feeling safe to, to expand and to do so. Because for so many people, they, they going back to knowing, so many folks have a knowing that they're capable of so much more, that they're worthy of it, that they can, they can do more with their lives. And what the things that hold them back are, I don't know how to do it. It's, it's one of the common stories I see. I don't know that I am worthy of doing that thing or going after that thing. And um, ultimately, one of the things that I notice in the work is that people are operating under a story that life is dangerous, that the world is dangerous, that putting yourself out there is dangerous, that it's dangerous to do so. Um, because stepping into the light stepping into the arena in different forms and, and Brene Brown talks a lot about that uh, it, it will require vulnerability and being seen and humans number one biggest fear is public speaking why because it's scary to be seen it feels scary in the mind for people to be fully seen for who they are and um, that's going to bring up so much that feels really dangerous for people to be seen because then people will be attacked, people won't be loved, people will be abandoned, people have all these stories that they've created around public speaking. And so um, a lot of our work that I, a lot of the work that I do is really supporting folks and seeing that, oh my gosh, yeah, it can feel scary, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop what you're doing. You get to continue on your mission. This is not a reason to stop and working with whatever it is that is coming up. So it's really going in doing the shadow work uncovering where did this start? Where was your first understanding of that? The world is scary. What was your first understanding that it's dangerous for you to put yourself out in visibility, for you to share your gifts with the world, for you to for share your light, share your, share your story, share your message right on Twitter, right on LinkedIn. For so many people that I work with, it's like, I will never post on social media. I will never show my face. I will never get on video. And then it's like, oh my God, the moment they start uncovering and doing the shadow work, doing the inquiry work, the mindset work, the embodiment work in their bodies, doing the psychological work, the spiritual work. It's like, oh my gosh, how I, why have I been hiding myself from the world for so long? Wow, what a, I've been stingy with my gifts. I've been hiding, I've been holding back. Like, wow, why am I doing this? And so they start just like radically taking over and just having these big breakthroughs and it's super inspiring. So I know you just asked me one question, but I went in because there's so much this, it's such a loaded one and it, it goes into so much. No, do not be stingy with your answers. 
Yeah. <laughs> one of my men, one of my mentors said to me, Harry, you're so stingy. Why are you being so stingy with your gifts? Hey guys, thanks for listening to the first part of this episode with Harry. So, are you being stingy with your gifts? What's holding you back? Remember to listen to part two, where Harry and I will continue to talk about all of these things and the power of feedback, following our truth, the role that emotional intelligence plays in understanding ourselves, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, and more. Learn more at harryluislopez.com or launchlatinx.co. You can follow Harry at the Harry Lopez on Instagram as well. As always, you'll find all of this information in the description of this episode. Remember to support Latinx by rating us on Apple Podcasts. As you know, this will help us continue to work on this show and bring on guests who inspire and motivate you. This is Latinx. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. Thank you for listening. <laughs>